Welcome to the Thrive Space Podcast, conversations that cultivate your heart and your company. What really motivates you as a leader? You might be surprised to find out. Thanks for joining us today. John Erickson and Dennis Humphrey here to dig into our fourth episode on the Thrive Space Podcast. Together, we're going to continue to unpack an insightful and practical concept that will help you understand why you lead the way you do. Let's get started. Let me ask you some questions about yourself. Are you a natural peacemaker? Do you find yourself quieting down disagreements or avoiding conflicts whenever you can? Do you feel a strong sense of satisfaction when the people around you are pleased with you and approve what you're doing? Do you avoid making decisions when it feels uncomfortable or painful? All of these questions are around this root motivation that we're talking about today, the root motivation of approval. Dennis and I work with a lot of different clients and companies that have leaders that express all three of these root motivations. And this one we're going to talk about today, approval, is common among many leaders. And you know and have probably worked with or worked for leaders where approval is how they're motivated. Dennis and I work with a number of companies, as I said, and one of them is is a small real estate company. And and in this, the leader and the the couple of folks that he works for are all different. And he is much more of a of a uh, a pride based, um, respect based leader. Um, he is pragmatic. He's uh, very dynamic, um, and kind of almost forceful sometimes in his leadership style. Um, he has a couple of uh, women who work with him, and one of them, in fact, probably both of the women, probably fit more into this category, the category we're talking about today, which is more approval based. And so fear is a big factor in the process of someone who is approval-based. Sometimes we even call this a fear-based leadership style because someone who needs to be approved, who dislikes conflict, really works to be comfortable and avoid pain in their relationships and in the situations they work in, those folks are going to be people where fear can often paralyze them both in making decisions and in moving forward in a relationship. So when a fear-based person interacts with a pride-based person, we've been talking about approval-based and respect-based, sometimes there's a conflict in that process. And sometimes it actually raises the level of anxiety in the person who is approval-based so high that they can't move forward. That happens sometimes in this company where the leader who has very high expectations for the folks he's helping, his clients, he wants to make the sales as comfortable and as easy and and as productive and profitable as possible. And sometimes the situation gets so stressful that the other two women that he worked for who are more approval-based sometimes get stuck. And so we have to talk them through the process of what's it look like for everybody to lower the noise reduce their entitlement to either respect or approval, and actually come to the place where they can help each other move forward. We're going to talk more about that today, but this comes up a lot as we interact with each other around these root motivations. A few months ago, we began our three-part series on the root motivations. And the basic question around the motivation sounds like this. How do you respond when one of your ideas or decisions gets challenged? How do you respond to stress and pain? 
So the idea is that the root motivations are respect, value, and approval. And we help people understand which one they operate out of by asking this question. What hurts more? Number one, to feel like a failure, incompetent, and disrespected. Number two, to feel worthless, unheard, misunderstood, or devalued. Or number three, to feel unloved, uncared for, insecure, and disliked. In our previous two podcasts, we focused on respect and value. Today, we're going to look into the third root motivation, approval. Joining our conversation today is a member of Dennis Convene Forum and a fellow business leader, Lance Morgan. Lance is the chief financial officer and a minority owner at Neurotech. It's a company that supplies the most clinically comprehensive EEG services in the industry. Lance is responsible for day-to-day operations of the business, and he oversees compliance, contracting, administrative support, customer service, and logistics. Um, Lance is also involved in all the major company ventures, including strategic planning, IT software development, IT infrastructure, um, staffing, and a number of other things. So we're really excited to have a conversation this morning with Lance um, to hear about Neurotech and to hear how he uh, navigates this issue of being an approval-based leader in his company. Welcome to our podcast this morning, Lance. Thanks, John. Thanks, Dennis. Glad to be here. Lance, it's nice to talk to you again. Um, Really enjoy your contributions in the Convene Group and and the team we work with up in Wisconsin area there. So uh, why don't you just kick us off and tell us a little bit about Neurotech what you're passionate about and, and what you're passionate about in Neurotech's work. Yeah, so Neurotech was started a little over 15 years ago by my brother, and uh, he was an EEG technologist. And EEG technologist is somebody that is trained in uh, doing a setup and monitoring people who are having an EEG test, which is a test done for somebody who's being diagnosed uh, with epilepsy or, or determining whether they have epilepsy or seizures. So you may have seen people with electrodes glued to their scalp. Uh, that's what we do. Uh, we attach those electrodes to a little uh, Holter monitor and they record electrical brain activity. And we typically specialize in doing long-term monitoring. So we're trying to capture someone's event or episode or seizure uh, over a multiple day, day period. Many times that includes a video recording as well. So that's the kind of the nature of our business is we actually uh, work with neurologists and health systems across the country where they will refer their patients to us. Uh, we'll dispatch a technologist to the patient's home, set up the equipment, and monitor them remotely. And we've kind of had a couple other new, newer business ventures over the last couple of years that we've grown into. One is where we, we do what's called continuous EEG monitoring, where we're monitoring a patient in a hospital setting, like an ICU or an epilepsy monitoring unit. So those hospital systems will contract with our company, and our people will watch uh, the EEG 24 seven for those people who are at high risk for seizure activity. And secondly, we're, we're actually getting involved over the last couple of years into pharmaceutical research where pharmaceutical companies are doing testing on new drugs to see if there's an impact or side effects uh, as a result of those new drugs. So we're, we're kind of diversifying ourselves in those three areas and really excited about our future, trying to help people that are suffering with epilepsy. So Lance, I, that you gave us a great kind of technical and business breakdown of neurotech. But uh, you and I have had conversations in the past, and and 
your heart really beats for the positive effects of what neurotech can provide for people. Can you, can you speak into that? Yeah, I'd love to. So Keith and I, my brother, uh, we're business partners and we both have a, a strong Christian faith and Keith, who's my, my older brother and the majority owner of the company, uh, he and I have this vision of and this belief that we are stewards of this company and that God's blessed us to put this in our hands. And so one of the things we've done over the last number of years is create a foundation that uh, helps people in need, not only people outside our walls, but our employees as well. So we call it Neurotech Gives, and we've modeled it after another company in the Chicago area that's doing something very similar and kind of has mentored us through this process. But in essence, what we do is we try to, you know, we tithe money every quarter into an account, and we use that money to help support activities that our employees are involved in, volunteering. Uh, so if they're passionate about something in our local community or they're passionate about things uh, domestically or nationally that can help give back to people or humanity in some way, we support that financially. The biggest thing that we've seen uh, where we kind of have a lot of employees drawn to is, is helping with epilepsy treatment and diagnosis in third world countries. So we've done uh, numerous number of mission trips across the world where our techs will go out and train other techs in other countries. So we've had technologists go to Zambia, to Tanzania, to Haiti, Antigua. And so that's kind of a really cool thing for our culture as well. And so not only do Keith and I enjoy giving back in that way, but we also have a lot of employees that really feel like they're finding purpose through those processes. So at the end of the day, that's where Keith and I feel the biggest joy is, is this impact and uh, spreading love to people who are less fortunate. So that's something we're super proud of and kind of gets us excited every day to, to just steward this company. That's wonderful. And I know, you know, you and I were kind of cut from the same cloth. We're both kind of in that approval category. We're both Enneagram nines and, and we're peacemakers. And so for, for us to, to walk in and lead things, you know, we're, we're often leading from a sense of, Hey, how's everybody doing? Are we at peace? Are we at ease? And here you are, you know, at, at the top of the house in your organization, and that's kind of your style. So can you speak into this idea of, uh, you know, what's it like to be, you want to be a peacemaker in your work situation, but then also running into some pretty hard edge issues where you actually have to make decisions that people get upset and angry and disappointed about. What's, what's that like for you as a leader? It's probably the biggest challenge I have is it's uh, an area that I, I struggle with, to be honest. Uh, I, like you, Dennis, I love when I can kind of avoid a conflict or get two people to agree to something so I don't have to referee, things like that of that nature. But even when I'm, you know, I, I see this not only in my business life, but also my home life too. So if I have a challenging situation that I, in my relationship with my wife, and I'm cautious of how to approach that because I, I don't want to have conflict with her, uh, I see that in that part of my life too. So again, it's it's that fear of uh, potentially rejection, the fear of the argument, the fear of people not liking the outcome, and and not liking me in internal as a result of that. So uh, that's where I see it manifesting itself again, every area of my life. And so as a leader, it's just really important for me to identify that and to be able to compensate and, and at least call it out when I see it in my, in my management style or leadership style. How does that factor into decision-making for you? Yeah, so I guess what I, one thing I notice right away is when there's a tough decision for me to make, I'll procrastinate because I don't know what to do. I'm almost, uh, I think as John mentioned in the intro, I, I get paralyzed and I kind of overthink things or kind of play things out in my mind. Well, what if I say it this way, it might play out in this way. In this way. Or if I, if I say this word or present it this way, maybe 
this will this will outcome will happen. So I really um, overthink things and really try to um, and by virtue of that, I, I procrastinate making that decision. Um, the other thing I find is that I uh, I tend to look for avoiding uh, offending people or disappointing people. So when I write an email, for example, something that might be tough news to give to somebody or a disciplinary type thing, I guess many times that's in person, but I just really, when I write my email or that message, I really try to think it through before I actually hit the send button to make sure it's it's not going to offend them or hurt their feelings or anything like that. So I see that happening all the time. I just try, and I, one of the things I, I noticed too, as I reflected on this is I, when I am in a social setting where I'm meeting new people, I always tend to find, try to find agreement with that person. There's something in common that we have. And maybe, you know, for me, I just feel like I want to feel connected and feel approved, if that's the right word. Um, but in a social area, it's one thing I try to connect with somebody, like something we have in common that I a shared favorite sports team or a shared experience that we enjoy, you know, things like that. So I think it's, that's another way I try to, I see it happening in my life where I'm trying to develop that a connection or that approval with people around me. Yeah. You're, you're the classic peacemaker that uh, if you could work for the United Nations and do peacekeeping work, you probably would feel really good in that. And I hear that. And, and I really appreciate your vulnerability just to come on and say, hey, I'm a leader that's trying to figure it out here. And I know the, the nuances of my heart and where I struggle with that. And so really appreciate your authenticity on that. And, and that may sound like you're giving away the downside of you. And we've all got liabilities and we've all got, um, you know, Achilles and weaknesses in, in our, how we function and our motivations take us in that direction. But what's the upside for you? What, what do you think you bring your company because you don't like conflict, because you want people to be in unity and harmony? What do you think you bring to your company as a leader? Yeah, I, I, that's a great point, Dennis. I, I think for pointing that out. Uh, I think number one is I'm very approachable. People are very comfortable coming to me with things that are maybe of a private nature that um, they trust me, that I'm going to be someone that's going to support them and and try to work through with them. They know I'm not going to be the type of person that's going to snap. So I'm a good listener. And so I think those are the type of things that I found with my employees that, that I oversee that they really enjoy. That. That's the feedback I get from them is they, they just feel that I'm somebody who's um, going to be their cha- champion in their corner and, and try to work with them and try to solve their problems versus telling what to do and, and being somebody who's got emotions that are up and down and very consistent. And you kind of know what to expect when you, when you speak to, with me. So in other words, be, your people can be safe with you. Of course. Yep, exactly. Whatever's going on with them, you, you really try and, and you're the kind of person that they can be safe with. Lance, this is, this is great. I appreciate your vulnerability. And, and this is the kind of thing we love to hear from leaders. So Lance, what is the biggest challenge you have is you, I mean, obviously in, in the decision making, especially we find in uh, folks who have a, you know, approval as their main motivation Often, uh, you know, coming up against a decision that involves, you know, a bunch of different uncomfortable possibilities, no matter which one you choose, somebody's going to be upset, somebody's going to be uncomfortable, someone's not going to get what they want, probably. Um, And you can, and I know an approval based person often can come up to a decision like that and and get almost paralyzed because they can't Mm -hmm. figure out which one, which, which amount of discomfort they want to address or which one amount they're they're, they're going to allow other people to have. How do you make a decision like that when you have multiple different possibilities that are all uncomfortable? Well, to be honest, like in a situation like that, if it's that kind of major decision, I, I, I tend to, again, question myself a lot of times about 
Um, am I making the right decision? And am I overacting? Things like that. And so I'll, I have a mentor group, a couple of people I will go to. Uh, my brother, Keith, might be one of those people, depending on the situation. Is, hey, you know, here's what I'm thinking. Is this, does this make sense? And so that's one way I, I would do that. But, you know, I guess I think the other thing I try to do is I, I would try to, I, again, not this is whether it's good or bad, it probably, again, depends on the situation. But I try to have, have everybody win in some way. So although the decision might be negative to a certain person, I try at least to empathize with them and maybe provide some other attribute, a pleasant, or maybe it's more pay, maybe it's different responsibilities that I think they can be successful in, whatever that might be. I try to make sure everyone wins in some way or so just to kind of soften the, soften the blow. I think that's a tactic I use because again, it goes back to me not wanting to disappoint somebody. And I think understanding that disappointment is going to happen, but if I can reduce that, that, uh, that news or that noise, uh, I, I try to find a way to do that anyway. That's great. And that makes a lot of sense because that's often what needs to happen is there needs to be a balance of the pain, <laughs> the balance of the discomfort across all the different parties. How do you find yourself as a, as a person that kind of sits in this place as a leader? Obviously, you're a strong, competent, knowledgeable leader, but you have this internal, if I'm guessing right, you have this internal need. Uh, to be approved, to be liked, to not to have some, you know, when someone says, I don't like what you're doing, or I'm not pleased with what the outcome was here. You know, you, you made me feel uncomfortable in a way that I don't appreciate. And that comes back into you, that comes back into your gut and, and how you feel and that entitlement you have to be approved and, and liked and not be abandoned, which is the kind of fundamental issue that we have here with this motivation. How do you deal with that? You know, there are some other leaders who are just very, in our, in our company, that are very blunt, very direct and saying, this is what we should do. And I'm like, whoa, you know, that, this is, this might be the best business decision from a financial perspective. But there's side there's ramifications if we do make this decision. And so one of my concerns was that if we do this, there could be some ramifications that leading to some people just resigning because they don't like this decision. So uh, I'm happy to share that. So the, the situation is this masking policy at work, and some people are really strongly opinionated on both sides of it. And um, in this example, this person was very, uh, very adamant that everyone should be masked, no matter what your vaccination records, what your uh, exposure is in the workplace. You know, if you're working in a single office or an office with 10 or 20 people, they thought it would be, should be mandated everyone has one. And so that might be the best you know, from a science perspective or to safety perspective, but I think there's that person wasn't looking at the the, uh, the ramifications of that decision, and so I'm always looking at the I'm trying to look at the impact of other people, and I'm gonna I may get a brunt of the the complaints because of that, and again, I kind of conflict. I don't want to have that argument with our employees who don't like that new policy, so I kind of look at it that way too. Is, is again how how is this going to impact our staff and how are they going to respond to it? So yeah, all the time I'm constantly is thinking how people are going to receive the news or the message. And is that going to come back at me uh, to have to deal with a conflict type situation? What gives you the strength to make the tough decision? The one that the people aren't going to like? Well, I think a couple of things. One is I think if it's done with, with uh, integrity and honesty and transparency as much as possible, I think if I can live with myself that I, I did those things and I was, uh, did it in a loving and graceful nature. Those are things I can live with and understand, even though the, the decision may not be the best decision that I can live with the idea that I did something that I thought was right. And if, if possible, give that person 
dignity uh, any way I could through that process. Mm -hmm. That that's actually very fantastic, and I appreciate your heart in that. Dennis, do you have an illustration from your world, kind of on how this comes together for you? Because you kind of sit in this in the same area of leadership style. Yeah, I do. I it comes out of a an interview I did oh, a number of years back. I was interviewing for a director position in in an agency, and one of the questions I asked the the, the president of the agency was what's one thing that your employees can do that will just create problems for you personally and, and really just irritates you the most. And what she said was she hates when people hide things from her. And, and so for those of us that are approval based, you know, one of the things that we don't always understand is the impact of our need for approval on the decisions that are getting made elsewhere, because we're really kind of trying to make sure everything's safe and okay for us to enter into. And approval-based people, when they are the bearers of bad news, that's a difficult situation for them, you know, much like you, you alluded to, Lance, you know, you have to find a place where you can go, I hate saying this, but I have to be at peace with it for these reasons. Yeah. And so this director um, mentioned that. And that, so I mentioned that to say, those of us that have this, we have a vital heartbeat in the company because we sense what people need really well. But when we can overcome our, our fear of, of rejection or our fear of lack of approval and say the hard thing, uh, we actually can be pretty powerful because everybody around us goes, oh my, they're speaking up now. Yeah. So that's the illustration I would offer is that we, we don't always recognize our own effect of our motivation on the rest of the company. That's really critical, Dennis, you know, to, to be able to recognize that what's comfortable for us and what makes sense for us in our own motivation often has a very a negative or very different reaction to someone else because their perspective and their need is very different. And so even the illustration you give on the idea that, that it's difficult for, for an approval-based person to say what's true sometimes because of the fear they have of not being liked just like it is for me as a respect-based person to, to walk into a situation where I believe the people in the room, the best I'm going to get out of them is, is to, to be tolerated. If I think that they don't like me or they don't like my opinions, not like me, I'm not so, so much need to be liked, but if I feel like they don't respect me, they don't respect my experience or, or what I bring, in terms of my knowledge and understanding of something, if I don't feel respected, it's very difficult for me to engage in a meaningful relationship with someone. So these things, these root motivations all tie together. I mean, I'll give you another example here. And Lance, you would, maybe you know this or maybe you don't in terms of how people who are the blunt ones like me, who are the more respect-based people, we have a visceral negative reaction to fear. And when we bump up against fear in someone who is more a more approval-based person, when we sense your fear, it takes a lot of effort for us to keep moving forward in that place because it's so easy for us to dismiss fear as unnecessary, you know, to dismiss anxiety as being something that is negative and is going to is not going to be productive for us. It even brings sometimes a shame. Because we feel like, man, if this person is scared of me or scared of the situation I'm, I'm creating here, 
I'm creating an unsafe environment for them. I'm a failure. And now my failure button gets pushed because you feel unsafe. You see how these things begin to interact. Even when we want to take care of each other, I sense that you don't feel safe. Suddenly I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. And now we have another problem. And so being aware of these dynamics is so critical. And being, as you say, to be loving and empathetic and be able to be compassionate, recognizing that if you're afraid, then I can stop for a second and say, Lance, what do you need right now to, 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 to feel safe? What do you need right now from me, even though I have a very strong opinion about what should happen right now? What do you need from me to help you make a good decision that you're comfortable with and will be of value to the people we're both serving? You know, how can I take what your experience is as a gift rather than a threat? And that's what really is. And how can you look at me as someone who's going to be blunt and going to have a very forceful, this is what I think. How can you come to me and help me bring value by thinking like, like you've talked about, by thinking about things I need to think about. We need to help each other. And that's critical. So thank you, Lance, for the way you've kind of drawn this out for us. We really appreciate you, appreciate the heartbeat that you bring. And I know Dennis really enjoys having you in his convene forum. So I know it's a long-term relationship. So thank you so much for your time. Lance, I just really appreciate you just brought your heart and, and your authenticity really shines through. Neurotech's blessed to have you. Let me ask the folks that are listening kind of some action questions here. As you've listened to us now talk through three uh, root values, uh, root motivations, you know, the motivation of respect and value and approval. These are powerful powerful realities and who we are and how we lead and how we react to each other and how we make decisions. So think about the last conversation, even difficult conversation that you had. What was it? What button got pushed? Your respect button, value button, your approval button? What was the issue you were dealing with and, and that you were struggling with? Just kind of think and identify that because that's the place to start in the process. And then how are the you know the other how are the other members of your leadership team wired the people that you work with what are their root motivations do you understand them do you get a sense now why sometimes there's always that bump or always that little bit of an edge or or always that little bit of conflict between you and a couple of other members now you understand why is that happening and how can we navigate that in our relationship if you're an approval based leader how do you move toward channeling peace. I mean, I think you've heard in, in Lance's, just in the voice, just in how he responds, that he is naturally someone who channels peace. He lowers noise, in, in especially emotional noise in people's hearts because of the empathy. Dennis is the same way. He naturally lowers the emotional noise by channeling peace. Is that something that's valuable to you and your leadership team? So think about these things as we move forward. We're glad you joined us today. Our continuing conversations here on the Thrive Space podcast are designed to bring you life, to bring life to your ideas and ideas that will cultivate your growth and success as a leader. You can access our other episodes and more great information at the thrivespacepodcast.com. Uh, we publish a monthly blog that's available on our website along with a 
There's a helpful chart on root motivations uh, there in the resource area, which will uh, let you see and compare these different root motivations. If you have any questions or comments, or you want to talk through how these root motivations affect your leadership team, be sure and get a hold of us. We really enjoy uh, bringing you things that will help you and the heart of your business to thrive. So thanks for joining us. I'm John Erickson. And I'm Dennis Humphrey. Take care and see you next month.